Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Topic of my sermon today is called The Two Lost Sons. And today we want to be reading from scripture in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32. Why, you, why don't you guys turn there? If you have your Bibles with you, if not, the screen, um, the, Michael will help me flash up the verses on, on the screen as well. Cool. You guys there? Okay, why don't we all read together? Amen. Reading from verse 11, it says this. Then he said, he meaning Jesus, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into, he, he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Wow. And when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have, br- have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Yeah. Moving on to verse 18, says this, I will arise, the young man said, and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Wow. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let's eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. Wow. And now his oldest son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. And he, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered, the older son, elder son answered and said to his father, Lo, this many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, he who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Amen. How many of you were just blessed reading that? Sorry. Yes, sorry, wrong. And says this, and he said to him, "Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found." Amen. Amen. Sorry, I got too excited and I forgot that was. 
cool. How many of you were blessed just reading that scripture? Wow, it's such an amazing scripture. And maybe some of us have heard this scripture before. You know, and we always, we always know of this, this. We always hear of this parable as the parable of the prodigal son. You know, but today I want to just, um, even as I was reading this, and I've been reading this week on this book uh, by this famous um, pastor in New York called The Prodigal God. And as I was reading through this scripture again, the God began to minister and God began to show me new aspects about this parable again. And today I just want to bring across and I just want to share what God has been speaking and just want to bring across God's love again for all of us. Amen? Amen. You know, every time we read this parable, we always just look at it as just the pair of the, that young son, that younger brother who left home and came back and how the father welcomed him. That's the main gist that I always, I, I always remember from that parable. But as I was reading it, and I got, that's really so much more than just the younger son coming home. That's so much more. And today, I pray that God will open up Open up your hearts and we begin to read again this parable and learn from this parable in such a fresh and new manner. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Today, so I'm going to take a slightly different way of uh, preaching. We're going to do a slightly character study. And today, we want to study the three characters in this parable. Yeah. You know, the first one, it says this. We want to study the character. The, we want to study the younger brother. Yeah. Amen? How many of you are the youngest child here? Oh, quite a lot. <laughs> I was not expecting this. <laughs> How many of you have heard this before? You know, hey, you are the youngest one. Mom and dad was easy on you. How many of you have that said before? How many of you have said, hey, you are the, you are the one who got it easy. You are the, why can't she be more responsible? Have you heard that before? Yeah, I say that to my brother all the time. <laughs> I'm the eldest and I'm like, he's 30 and I'm still like nagging him like, can you please? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the younger brother, right? And that, that's kind of how the younger brother is in the parable as well. You know, he looks like the one that's so disobedient, the one that, that when you read it, it's like, oh my gosh, you're such a terrible son, right? You know, this guy, he says to the father, he went up to the father and said, hey, I want my inheritance now. You know, if you read through the New Living Translation, he says this, instead of waiting, he told his father this, right? Instead of waiting for you to die, give me my inheritance now. Wow. Okay, if any of you tell your parents that, I think you will be cut off your inheritance. <laughs> you know, that, that shows how, I don't know, what kind of state the youngest son was in today. Yeah. And, and if you read, as we read through parable, the, par the scripture just now, it goes on to say how the son just wasted the money. He just yeah. wasted his father's livelihood on, on just prodigal living, on just, on just stuff that he wanted to do. Yeah. And then there's many lessons that we can learn from the prodigal son here today. Yeah. But today, even as I was praying, um, I, I felt God just wanted to just... Uh, encourage us where we need encourage some of you here may need different encouragement and that was just one of the main things that we want to draw from the prodigal son and where we can apply to our lives is this the prodigal son probably felt very stuck at home he probably felt like he had responsibilities he probably had responsibilities but he didn't want those responsibilities he just wanted his father's money took it and like, hey, have fun, let's go. He didn't want to be restrained by the rules and the responsibilities of being in his father's house. And sometimes as Christians, or sometimes 
You know, maybe you're new here, maybe you're a student here, and sometimes it can feel that way. You know, you're here new in London. It feels like the last two years you were just stuck at home or whatever it was. And when you come to London, it feels like time to party. Or maybe that's, that's dreams that you have. You know, maybe that's, you know, you like, I have that spring vacation scheme. That I, is it, am I calling it right? Okay, that, 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 that spring vacation scheme that I want to be applying for. I need to work towards that. Or when you come here, it feels like far away from mom and dad. You know, um, I want to go explore Europe. Europe's just um, literally two hours away. Or I want to explore London. I want to explore the UK. And that feels like there's so many things that you want to do. Likewise, like the prodigal son, it feels that there's so many things that he wanted to do as well. And maybe somehow church and God has become a restraint. It feels like, oh God, I have to come to church on Sunday. How many of you felt that before? God, don't you know on a Sunday we have, I need to do my networking events? Or I need to do, I don't know, whatever you do on a, what you need to do on a Sunday. Or maybe I can lie in on a Sunday. And it feels like being Christian now, far, it feels like, oh, that's such a restraint. It feels like, God, you are putting such, you're just being a pie pooper over my life. You know, maybe for those of us who are working, you know, especially on Sundays, it feels like, Oh, this is the time I get to lie in God, <laughs> especially with the weather being much sleeping weather nowadays. Uh, it feels like, hey, I only have two mornings that I can sleep in. And Sundays, God, you want me to wake up at nine, not nine, probably eight something to get up to come to church on a Sunday. It feels like that's such a kind of, God, it feels like, why are you controlling my life? You know, we talk about giving a bit just now, and it says, God, 10%. God, didn't you read the budget? Budget says that 4% next year, inflation. I need to give another 10%. Hey, what is all these rules that you have? Oh, it feels like you're being, being a Christian feels so stuck. It feels so narrow. Or maybe sometimes you feel like, hey, I have friends who are not believers. You know, they don't have to pray before they do anything. They just do whatever they want. And it feels like that sometimes. But I want to encourage you today that 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 that. Don't, I mean, I want to just encourage you, you know, sometimes the goodness that we find, sometimes God put this, don't, be, don't feel like these are restraints. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we stick, stuck our, stick ourselves and we root ourselves down in God, the blessings that we have is maybe because we have already, we have stuck ourselves, we have planted ourselves in God in the first place. Now, I'll just read from Psalms 92, verse 13. It says, those who are planted in the house of God, shall flourish in the house of the Lord and, shall, and, they flour, and those that shall flourish in the courts of our God. Wow, that's such an amazing promise. I know sometimes I feel that way and I feel like, but God reminds me, hey, do you think that the blessing that you have is because of your own effort? Ouch. But yeah, then I'll be like, God, but if I can get a better job, I can get much higher pay if I... You know, I don't have to do this church thing. I work longer hours, but I get double my pay right now. And God's like, do you really think that you can do it on your own effort? It was because of my own blessing. And sometimes God, you know, sometimes we don't even realize how protected and the blessing that God has over our lives. You know, the Bible says if you read through the prodigal son, he left his father's house and soon after he had no more money left and he had to go and feed the pigs. You know how in Jewish culture, pigs are not considered clean? He went to the lowest of the low. He went to how low can you go? It was the lowest. He, he, he thought that the food that the pigs ate 
foods are, the, the, the feet that the pigs were eating look good. Yeah. You know, for some, a Jewish boy who thought that, wow, can you imagine how low he went? Yeah. But yet, God is saying today, you know, don't feel that these are restraints. Don't feel that being, being like that is controlled. Don't feel like being in your father's house is a chore. Yeah. You know, God has amount, amazing blessing in store of you because you are planted in the house of God. Yeah. Amen. God loves you and we'll come again to the next third character, which is the father. But I pray that you understand God's doing, you know, all this just understand first that these are not meant to be a chore to you. No, the second group of people here, maybe you've, you read this story and maybe like Kareen was praying just now, you feel far away from God, you know. Maybe you're here but not here. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, don't worry about it. Uh, but it feels like, oh God, I feel far away from you. Maybe I come to church and I hear Kareen pray. It says that, come back. And you hear all these prayers, but yet it doesn't feel like you can still. Maybe you felt like you have done stuff that is just horrible to God. Maybe like the prodigal son, you said to God, God, heck, just be, I, I can't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want this anymore. And maybe it feels like you can't even overcome yourself to come back to God. I want to just say to you, God is still calling you back today. You know, if you go on to read in the third, the, the character of the father, which will go on like sooner, soon, uh, after this, God is still, God loves you so much. And I just want to leave you that and then, we'll, and then we'll just leave you at that. All right? Cool. Ne- next point is this. We want to learn from this elder brother. Now, I think many of us can relate to the younger brother. I, I can, because there are times where, God, I feel very far away from you. And I don't want to do what you want to do. And we, <laughs> and we feel generally we can, all, all of us can relate to the younger brother. But many of times when you read this parable, we skim over the elder brother. <laughs> or we feel like the older brother is not a nice person. Uh, that's not me. Uh, but that, that, I think that's a mi- not, not a mistake. But when we read this parable, Jesus introduced the older brother for a reason as well. You know, let's pick up how, you know, when hey, the story ends, the parable ends, as how the brother was working and he came back, right? And he's hearing pying going on in the house. And he was asking the sermon, hey, what's going on? And let's pick up again his response in verse 29. So this is verse 29. So he, this, then he, 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 he talks about how the older brother was, he didn't want to go into the party. Talk about being a party pooper. He didn't want to go into the party. And then he, his father had to come out and back him to go in. And this was his response to the father. And he said to his father, so many years, I'm just going to paraphrase it a bit. I've served you. I've never disobeyed you. I've never transgressed your commands at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may be merry with my friends. Wow. And it goes on, it says this, but this son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatter calf for him. Wow. How many of you thought like, oh, that wasn't a very nice response. <laughs> it felt like a really, really horrible response, wasn't it? This was probably the, one of the happiest days of the father's life. But yet the older brother responded in such a manner. You know, and then, then, then when I read this parable, I'm like, oh God, that's not me. I'm nicer than that. I mean, I'm not that nice, but you know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I know myself, but you know, I'm surely nicer. I'm surely better than the older brother. And, but yet, God, the Holy Spirit still speaks and He said, no, there's still things that we can learn in our lives 
from the older brother as well. You know, Jesus didn't have to introduce the older brother, but he did for a reason. And we, we, when we just read scripture, we need to read it all in totality as well. The thing is this about the older brother that I looked at was he was, not, he was serving his father not out of love, not of anything, but just out of duty, out of religion, and out just to get that reward. It wasn't out of a relationship with that father. You know, he, he says this, he begins to say, God, I never transgressed against you. I've done everything. Some translation um, says that God, uh, told his, he told his father, Father, I slaved for you. Wow. wow. I, all he, and he just said, like, but you never gave me anything. And talks about, and it was just reminding me again, even as we serve God, even as we serve God or we, we do what we do for him, is it out just to get that reward? Is it out just to get that blessing? You know, I was just reminded when, I, when we first came over to the UK, I was working in a, um, I was working, had a good, decent job, paid me decently well. Um, and when I came over, I had, obviously, we gave up that and we, you know, we uh, left our house and family and friends and stuff. And to me, at that time, when I came here, I felt, God, you owed me something. I felt like, God, because I gave up so much for you. Uh, you definitely owe me for this, God. <laughs> and I had dreams of working in the biggest law firm in London, those in Canary Wharf that looks like suits, you know. Those are not really real offices, uh, suits. But anyway, yeah, you get what I mean, right? That, that swanky office where you get paid lots of buckets of money. And I told God, I felt like, God, like, you owe me for this. God, you owe me for this. And when I didn't get a job, I was so angry. I didn't get a job. I was like, but God, I remember praying this to God. God, how can, you know, I work and I gave up so much for you. Where is my blessing? Many times I prayed to God that. And many, many of times I, I wonder, do, I'm not, when, I, mean, I wonder, do we serve God really out of a relationship? or out of duty, or of just wanting to get that blessing, or we think that we are owed that blessing just because we serve God, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, so I just want to encourage you, don't know that, that, and I just, and I was looking through that, and God said, hey, that's just being religious. That's not having a relationship yeah. with Him. You know, the book that I was telling you that I read, it says that sometimes when we have that mindset, we know God as our boss, wow. but we forget that He is Savior. You know, and, and sometimes we go on that performance-based driven with God, whether we know it or not. You know how many times you have taught this thought? God, I come to church on Sunday. I wake up on Sunday. You know, I, I go for prayer meetings. Homes is coming up. I'll go for homes. I'll cook for homes if I have to. Uh, God, I'll come for second service since Pastor Cat announced the second service. I'll come for second service. You know, I'll go for getaway, even though I don't feel like going for getaway. I'll go for getaway. You know, um, Pastor Dave asked me out. I'll go out. Though I don't really want to meet him, but I will go out because you know I need to honor the pastor. <laughs> and sometimes we can think like that, like it's a checklist, right? It's just a checklist with God, and we feel like God just because God, I'm good. I'm good. So I'm due that promo, I'm due that blessing, I'm due that prayer that I've been praying so hard for. And I wonder how many of us, sometimes we approach God in that manner, whether we know it or not, somehow that performance-based mentality, that religion, that just that religious-based mentality has seeped into our relationship with God. You know, or sometimes, you know, like, you, like I talk about that, you know, we say, or sometimes we can hear our peers getting promoted, getting their blessing, on the outside, we're like, hey, congrats. 
Inside, you're like, God, what about me? <laughs> Have you ever felt that before? <laughs> See, and I was looking at that and I was like, okay, I've been there before, okay, I smile, but inside I'm like, mm, God, what about mine? <laughs> you know, and that, that, that reminds me how, how closer am I to the other elder brother than I realized. You know, can I truly be happy? Can I try true? Then the thing is, we get, and I get we as if we have that kind of religious mindset, we get so angry and frustrated with God because when He doesn't answer the prayers that when we we, are, we He doesn't answer the prayers that we want Him to. No, I pray that we'll just allow God again to come in and minister Him you with your love. Yeah. Another thing about this, when we have such a religious mindset, or we have this kind of performance-based kind of duty-driven motivation. It feels like, you know, it can make ourselves very insecure for God's love as well. Because the older brother told the, his father, Hey, you never even give me once of once fatted calf for me. Not once. Talk about, you know, that's just a bit of insecurity coming through as well. And that flips on the other side. Because sometimes, maybe when we feel like we messed up, but when we are driven on such a performance base or we're driven by reward, we feel like God will not bless me just because I've messed up. And worse, we feel like we can't even approach God. We feel like, God, I need to you know, wait a couple of weeks before I come back to you. And that's what religion does. That's what religion does to our relationship with God. Now, the thing is, to clarify here, God doesn't say that don't do all these things, but let our motivation not just be out of duty or out of religion, but let our motivation be for Him. No, let's not get into the whole religious uh, mindset as well. And the last point is this about the older brother that uh, I wanted to share. The older brother was with the father of this world, right? But the older brother never caught the heart of the father. The father came out and pleaded with him to go in and says that, hey, your brother is back. But the older brother, all this while with the father, working with him, but he never got the heart of the father. And I wonder how many of us sometimes, even for me, we can be found in church. We can be found doing the right thing. But do we truly get the heart of God? Do we truly understand His heart for us? You know, here the older brother didn't even acknowledge the younger brother. Hey, your brother's back. You know, for all, some of us, we haven't seen family for a while. And we're like so happy when we see them. And what not, the brother left home in such not the best circumstance. But he told the father, hey, your son... So sometimes when I'm angry, I be, yeah. No, have you heard that before? Your parents sometimes will say, hey, your son, when you're angry. I've said that. <laughs> and here he says that, hey, your, your son, your son, he didn't even acknowledge the brother. He didn't even get the heart of the father for his brother. No, sometimes I wonder, you know, sometimes we can be found in, and the brother was just, con the other thing that caught me was the brother was just concerned about his reward. And he says that, and that he wanted that calf, right? That fatted calf, that, that wonderful, I'm just imagining in my head, a beautiful Kobe Wagyu, full of marble. <laughs> you guys go to eat rolls after this. <laughs> um, he told the father, hey, you didn't give me a calf for me to party with my friends. It wasn't for anything, but you didn't even give me a fat, you didn't even give me a fatted calf so that I can go out with my party, be married with my friends. That's the translation. So I wonder how many of us sometimes when we come to church or when we're with God or we are in relationship with God, we forget His heart. Yeah. We forget His heart for people. Yeah. We forgot, he forget His heart for the loss, yeah. the compassion that we need to feel. Yeah. 
or, or we all just like the older brother sometimes. I'm, I'm not putting anyone down here, I'm also speaking to myself, that we just think about ourselves. What about me? What about my time with my friends? What about my blessing God? And I pray that, you know, all this is not meant to put us down, but all this is meant to remind us that Scripture is meant as a mirror to, re- to just reflect again how close we are to the older brother than we are. And the thing is this, right? I think we go in life, I think we go between the older brother and the younger brother as well. There are times in life where we feel like, oh God, I'm very far away from you. I don't want to be with you, God. And times where we feel like, God, I, we feel like, you know, we go in between sometimes and that's like the middle brother. <laughs> Got it? Okay. Who's middle child here? Oh. Oh. Oh, when we, we did forget the windmill person. Cool. But all this, as I, as I say, no, don't, don't feel far away from God. Don't be the late. Like, the lessons we can learn from the younger brother to come back to him, to know that God's good when he asks us to do something. We only do it because we understand, first of all, the heart of the Father. Which brings me to the third character here, which is the Father. Which is the main character, I think. And the Father here is meant to reflect God. God's heart for us. And whether we are the older brother, sometimes we read this parable, we think that God's love is only needed for the younger brother. But can I say that God's love is needed for the younger brother and the older brother as well. And here we talk about, we want to learn again the heart of Father. We want to learn again the heart of God for us in our lives. Now let's take the Father's response first of all to the youngest son. Here in scripture, in the parable, it says that when the father saw the son coming home, coming from a long way off, he ran towards the son, embraced, and kissed him. Wow. Okay, use your imagination a bit, okay? This is Middle Eastern time. They are not wearing jeans like you guys are wearing. They're probably wearing, what do you call it? Tunics? That long thing. (laughs) That long. (laughs) I'm probably describing it long. The long... Ropes, yes. That was the word I was looking for. And in Middle Eastern culture at that time, men did not run. It was deemed that, because they were deemed, they had to be the respectable, they were the patriarch of the household. It was not men didn't kind of, um, didn't kind of put themselves down that way, so they didn't run. So can you imagine the father having to, that scripture here, I saw it says that he saw the son from a long way away, and he ran. Can you imagine him having to run? <laughs> I don't know. They have to pull up his ropes, tunics, and run. Can you imagine in that context of that time, if the father was, you know, seemed like, hey, why are you being so disrespectful? Why are you shaming, making a fool of yourself in public? And that's God's love for us. You know, we talk about, you know, when we talk about here, earlier I said this is the parable of the prodigal son, right? How many of you know what the word prodigal means? It's all right. I didn't know too, right? If you go to <laughs> if you go to the uh, um, Webster dictionary, uh, prodigal means to be rec- um, recklessly spendthrift. It means to be lavishly abundant. Talk about abundant love of God. The Father. The Scripture says that the Father ran 
for him. The father ran for the youngest son. The father came and put his ring on the father on the son. Ring means that I'm signifying that you are restored back. I'm giving you status back into my family. I'm going to take out that calf that we've been fattening. Uh, we maybe been massaging to get the best, you know, meat, the more best marbling. I'm going to sacrifice and bring it out for you, son. And in those times, um, they didn't eat meat all the time. It was a considered of delicacy. Uh, it was um, only meant for very, 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 very special occasions. And uh, can you imagine the heart of the father? The son essentially told the father, I don't care whether you die or not, just give me my fun money. And yet the father came and ran towards him. The father came and restored him. The father came and called his neighbours and said, let me celebrate my son. If you talk about prodigal son, this is prodigal God, the God who loves us so much. No, can I encourage you again? Will you just let that sink in again? No, can don't ever let the love of God, don't ever let the reality of God's love become just yeah here every day in church. No, it's not that. That's so much more. Never let us lose the wonder of God's love. No, the other thing about it, let's, that's the, his response to the youngest son. How about his response to the older son? He he, the older son didn't want to go into the banquet, the feast, right? How many of you would be so angry? If you have that, you have a friend who'll be like sulking at even the friends, your friends who like if you're having a party and your friend is sulking out there, you'd be so mad at your friend, right? I'll be I'll score you, okay, guys. <laughs> but can you imagine he the the father was had can you imagine the embarrassment he felt with his family members or his neighbors? But the father came out and said, Hey son, come in. And when the son gave him such a horrible response, the father didn't get angry. The father continued pleading with him and said, hey, everything that I have is yours. Wow. Talk about a God that loves us so much. Now, I pray that you will allow the reality again of God to, to come into our hearts as well, to know how much he loves us, whether you feel like you're the younger brother today or maybe you're the older brother tomorrow. I pray that you will allow the reality of God's love to just sink in again to just give you that amazement and wonder again. Now that we know all these different characters, how do we respond to this parable? How do we respond to the word of God? Now I pray that you, again, like I said, you will allow God's love to come so real again in your life. That you will not just, when the time you hear on Sunday of God's love, you'll be like, yeah, I heard that before. But I pray that you, that, that, that you never lose that wonder. Now sometimes when we read this parable, we think the Father's love, the Father's love is free. He gives it to them. He gives it to us now, willingly. It's free towards us. But you know it cost God something. <laughs> it wasn't free in that sense. It was free to us, but it still cost God something. Jesus had to die for us so that we can accept, so we can come to the Father anytime we want. So it, wasn't, it, was a, it came at a cost. So I pray that all of us, first of all, is we allow the reality of God's love to come in. You know, if you're far away from God today, I pray that you, like what Corinne prayed just now, you will not, you will just put, you will just remind yourself again of how much God loves you. Maybe today you come and you're not a believer, you don't know God yet. God, I would just say to you that God is standing and waiting to run to you. You know, maybe for us, some, for those of you who feel like, oh, maybe I am old, more, I'm like the older brother more than I thought <laughs> I was. Now I pray that you know you allow God's love to come in again so that we serve Him, we love Him, because He has first loved us. Amen. Amen.
And after we receive, we, we acknowledge the reality of God's love, what's our second response? The other thing is this, right? The younger brother, there needs to be some, I guess, um, for some of us, maybe there needs to be a repentance. Because the younger brother, although the father embraced him, he still told his father, hey, I've sinned against you. The younger brother could have easily like, oh, thank you, dad. <laughs> it's kind of a welcome already, right? But the old younger brother still said, hey, dad, I sinned against you. And this repentance, sometimes it comes with such a bad word. <laughs> like we always think of it negatively. But the Bible says that it's God's goodness that compels us to repentance. It's not God's anything, but it's God's love and goodness that compels us to repentance. And repentance is not feeling sorry and feel like, oh gosh, I'm so bad. I feel I, I did something bad today and you feel bad and you feel like, I need to feel bad for a couple of days to feel like I've repented. But no, it's not that. Repentance is changing your mind. What is it that we need to change our mind about today? You know, what it is in our lives that we need to change our mind again. And the last thing is this. I pray that we'll continue to catch God's, heart, catch God's heart and never lose his heart. Now, if you read the earlier parables before this, it talks about the shepherd who left the 99 sheep to find that one. Yeah. That woman who searched her house for that one coin. Yeah. And all of it says that that talks about God's heart for people. And I pray that we'll God's heart for us and God's heart for people. Yeah. And I pray that we'll, not, we'll be like, you know, just the last, last, last point here. In Jewish culture, the older brother was supposed to be the one that went out to find the younger brother. Not the father, but the older brother. But he didn't hear, he didn't say anything of that sort. And I pray that we'll catch God's heart, that we will be like that older brother that goes out to find the younger brothers around us. Maybe our friends who feel they need God, that we will catch God's heart. To lose that, to leave that 99, to find that younger brother, to find our, to bring our friend, to bring our family member to him because of how much he loves us. Amen? Amen. Can I just ask the worship team to come up? Amen. Thank you, Lord. No, I just want to pray for some people here today. Maybe you've been far away from God. Maybe you felt like, oh man, I was that person. I, want, I really wanted to give up on God because I felt, God, why are you putting, why does it feel like it's such a chore? Today, God wants to remind you again of the reality of His love. Or maybe you feel like you didn't, you think about it, you, you've just been serving out of maybe religion or just out of routine or maybe just out of thinking that blessing is due to us, I pray that God will also remind you again of the reason why you were doing it in that first place. It's because of His goodness and His love. Yeah. No, even as the worship team will call you, even as we go into a time of worship now, will you just allow God to come into your life again? Yeah. Will you open up your life again? You know, maybe some of you here, you're not a believer yet, you're not a Christian yet, but God's knocking at the door of your heart. Maybe you feel like suddenly your heart is just pounding so fast. That's God waiting to bring you in to, to come in so He can have a massive celebration with you. Amen. No, even as we worship God this morning, I pray we'll come back to that place of that allow, you know, for the, just allow knowing how much God loves us and embracing His love in our lives. Amen.
If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.